0: Hola, Jambo, Ecavo, welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is episode 77, and it is the first week in April, so happy spring. It's snowed like crazy on friday night so when i look outside it is um there's all white stuff outside and i drove back home in a blizzard after seeing a friend and so um it's gonna look better here this week we're getting in the 50s those of you that are in the 80s you know well done to you but anyway i know i'm talking about the weather again but it is yeah it's it's a thing right now and i can't wait for spring to continue to spring um, but in the meantime, it's a good time to also talk about just spring cleaning our finances, but also just taking a fresh look at things. And so, this episode, I know the last two episodes I was kind of sharing personal things, my mistakes, procrastination, money in my 20s and 30s, and how things have changed and things that are the same. And, and thanks for the love on those two um episodes. And I enjoy kind of sharing my perspective as well, my journey as well as sharing kind of technical topics about money as well. And so today we're going to a more, not really technical, but yes, there'll be homework at the end of this episode, just giving you a heads up now. And so we talk about saving and investing and all, and all of that, but why? <laughs> um, you know, the main goal, a goal for many of us is to make sure that we have enough for retirement. And, you know, yes, you want to have enough to live now, but also, enough at the time where we are no longer working, whether we're not able to work because we're older in age or we're not willing to work. So, D, at age 60 or whatever age that is. Um, and so, yes, it's good to save and invest, but what are you actually working towards? And I wanted to talk about that. So, how do you calculate how much you actually need for retirement? How do you know? Because if you don't calculate that, you're putting money, saving and investing, but there's no actual end goal. Um, So I just thought I would talk about this today. And, you know, everyone and their mother is telling you to save and invest and save and invest, but how much and to what end and, and, and for what? And so at the end of this episode, my goal at the end of this episode is to give you the tools to check to see if you're on track. Um, and, um, you know, just so we're not saving and investing with no end goal. So, and if you're feeling lost or behind, um, the goal is to provide some clarity with this episode. And if you end up running the numbers and you're ahead, then maybe you can relax a bit, you know? Um, well, after this episode, like I said, my one ask is that you do run the numbers if you haven't. So let's talk about, you know, some of the general rules or general rules of thumb for calculating how much you need to invest. Um, the first one is the, the 4% rule. That's the most popular rule It's the 4% rule. And you do that by you determine your desired retirement annual income and then divide it by 4%. And so let's say I determine that, OK, I'll need 80,000 a year as income in retirement. And so I take that $80,000 and divide it by 4%, and that gets me $2 million. And so that tells me that on the day that I turn, let's say I'm trying to retire at 60 or 65 or whatever the age is, you know, I need to have $2 million in my retirement portfolio. Um, and so the higher your desired retirement income, if I decide I need $150,000 a year, then that means my the amount I will need to have on the day I retire will be higher. Um, and why is it called the 4% rule? Well, that rule allows you to withdraw 4% from your first year of retirement until you transition. And it assumes that you'll be in retirement for about 25 years. And so you're withdrawing 4%, and that's the rate at which you will not then outlive your money. And so the other popular method Is to invest by planning to um, replace a percentage of your current income at retirement. And so, let's say I'm making a hundred thousand dollars the day I retire, and I want to replace seventy five percent of that income because I think that's what I will need. Um, Then I'm working towards, you know, having seventy five thousand dollars a year in retirement, and. You know, for me, I rather I prefer the first method because I like to have a number to work towards, because I think that my income, considering my career trajectory and all that stuff, um, I will not need 75 percent of my income at retirement. And that's because I think I should have I shouldn't have a mortgage at that time. My home will be fully paid off. So my expenses should actually be lower. So I would need a, a lower income. That's that's what I think. But again, things can change. Um so anyway let's continue using the using um the 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 that 4% rule. We know you want to have, you know, $80,000 a year. So let's look at how to determine um that, right? So like I said, $80,000 a year for me feels like a big number because um by the time I want to access my retirement accounts, you know, I should have a fully paid off home because housing is one of the biggest expenses that anybody has. So if I fully have if I have a fully paid off home, you know, you know, I, at the time I retire, I hope I'm no longer supporting my kids, no childcare expenses anymore, no tuition expenses anymore. So again, those are things that drive um, monthly expenses high. And so I'm assuming that it will just be me and my husband living our best retired lives. And so $80,000 is quite a bit and it allows for healthcare expenses, for a relatively comfortable lifestyle, and for some travel, given that, you know, again, I expect no housing expenses beyond, you know, utilities and property taxes or something of the sort. Now, the other question related to that 4% rule is, um, you know, is the 4% withdrawal rate, is that a reasonable rate? And again, it's a rule of thumb, is there's no hard and fast rule, but these this, this calculations are there to give you a general idea. And some some can say to run different scenarios, right? To say instead of a four percent withdrawal rate, run a three percent withdrawal rate. And using that same assumption, eighty thousand dollars a year, withdrawing at three percent, that tells me that I will need two point six million at retirement. And maybe that's more the number I'll work towards, just out of the abundance of caution and to be more conservative. So now. How do you assess, so you've done the calculations, whatever your number is, you've done the calculation, you need 2 million, 2.6 billion, whatever the case is at retirement, whatever the date is, whether you retire, you turn 60 in 20, 80, or whatever the date is. So now, how do you assess where you are today relative to where you want to be on that glorious retirement day? Well, I think the easiest way to do it, there are a bunch of online calculators, and I'm going to put two or three of them in the show notes. And I'm also going to share them in my stories on Friday um, just to provide this information to us. And so how do you do that? I would say go to an online, online retirement calculator. So there's one on bank rates. So bankrate.com has calculators. In the top right, click retirement and click retirement calculator. And so that calculator does the second calculation, which um, assumes that you're tracking to report Replace a percentage of your current income in retirement. So kind of let's do one example um, um, together. Um, so let's you, say so you go in and you enter all the required information. So in this case, let's say we're doing this calculation for Shadi. Shade is 30 years old and she plans to retire at the age of 60. Um, Shade currently makes $80,000 as a nurse and she's saving 15% of her income for retirement. Um, So far at the age of 30, she's already amassed about $100,000 in retirement investments, and she expects a 2% salary increase throughout her career. And so in this example, she expects to replace 75% of her income at retirement. And so this shows, when I run the calculation, it shows that she will have 1.9 1.9 million at retirement, which is close to 2 million, which is great, but she will run out of money at age 82. But the thing is, we're running this assumption based on one person, Shade, right? So she may find that she has other sources of income. This doesn't even cal- calculate, you know, any social security, any rental income on property she has or any additional retirement income from a spouse, right? And so in Shade's case, if she's if she's married and has a spouse that has, you know, a, a retirement portfolio of the same amount, then they are perfectly fine for their retirement age, um, for their retirement, you know, investments, So now let's change the calculation. Let's do the calculation for, you know, a 25 year old today making $60,000, but they're starting at age 25. Um, This person certainly will have enough at retirement and, and again, you know, keeping, you know, saying $60,000, dollars they retire at 60, they're 25 today, and they're, you know, putting away 15% away for retirement, then the person is going to have more than enough at retirement to replace um, a percentage, 75% of their of their income. And I think this calculation is very conservative, especially when you're young, because the chances are, if you're in your 20s, you're making the lowest amount you make in your career. And a 2% salary increase is super conservative for most people. So um, you'll get more than 2% for the next 35 years that you're working if you're 25 years old today. And that's why it's important to run these numbers and then update them year over year, even as your life changes. Um, You know, the first time I ran one of these calculations, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to make it. And then now I run it and it tells me that I'm, you know, I'm I'm more than on track for standard retirement at the age of, you know, 60. Um, So don't be discouraged the first time you run it. But I think, you know, especially when you're young and you run it, just know that as your income increases, then these projections will change. So now the second calculator I like to use um, is the investment goal calculator on bank rates. Um, So let's say I want to have two million at retirement and because we did that calculation, you know, based on $80,000 a year, 4% withdrawal, I need $2 million at, at retirement. So there's a bank rate calculator that just do the, does the investment goal calculation. And so let's say I'm 35 today. I plan to retire at age 60. So I have 25 years left to go. And so let's say so far at the age of 35, I have amassed 150000 in retirement and I plan to put aside $2,000 per month. And my $2,000 per month could be made up of a couple of different things. It's a mix of you know my contribution, my employer's contribution, maybe what I'm putting into my HSA. Those are all in total, all the amounts I'm investing every month through different means. And so that tells me that I will have 2.5 million at retirement. And so I could actually reduce my $2,000 a month um, and reduce it to about 1,500 and I would be okay. And again, that's the power of knowing where you are. But the other thing is also, you know, you can choose to accelerate your investments at different times of your of your life and then slow down at other times. An exa- A perfect example of this is this, if there's someone in their 20s that doesn't have debts, I would put as much as you can in your 20s Towards your retirement, so that in your 30s, when you know the kids come, there's daycare, you're feeding more people, and yes, your income is growing, but there's also a lot of demands on your income, then that way you can go down to maybe 10% and you're still doing perfectly fine. And then on the flip side, if you're one that ends up having to have started later in life, either because you moved countries or you just, you know, we all just get our financial aha moments at different times, then yes, you may want to accelerate it right now in your 30s and your 40s um, to to catch up. So let's talk about the flip side of this calculation. What if I run the numbers and the numbers tell me that I'm behind? And, you know, I think the initial instance is like, oh my God, I'm never going to make it. No, shut it out. (laughs) Don't freak out. I think it's a wonderful thing to know where you stand. And I would take a step back, right, and double check the assumptions I put in. You know, are they accurate? Do I have all the right input to the calculation? And run a couple of different calculations. And then the next thing I would do is to look at what I'm currently spending on and see if there's any way that I can make room to put a little more away towards my retirement. So, for example, you know, if I if I have kids and my kids are ex- attending a super expensive private elementary school, but they have access to equally good public schools, I would personally prioritize putting more money to retirement, while still getting my kids a good education. Otherwise, down the line kids will have the burden of providing for me in my retirement. And this is uh, something that we're trying to change that I talked about in the black tax episode. And I wanted to use this example specifically for the immigrant community, because I think that sometimes, you know, Growing up in Nigeria, education was everything. But also beyond education, you know that you know the opportunities that are available to people are not the same, and it, based on you know your family, who you know, and all of that stuff. And I'm not denying that the fact that sometimes, I mean, connections still help. But I think many immigrant families take that to the extreme, and would you know, you know, um, go through hell and high water to send their kids to the most prestigious private schools when they have not um, taken care of themselves financially. And guess what? The kids will know this down the line and they might resent you for it long-term. And so I'll say that if you can get your kids to go to good enough schools, then you should be prioritizing saving for your retirement because your kids should not be your retirement plan because we know better than to put that burden on the next generation. Um, the other example, you know, I'll give is if you know, if I'm a parent, um, and and I would prioritize saving and investing for retirement over a 529 account for a child. And I know you say I don't have kids, but yes, I have thought about all these scenarios about you know how to support my kids and all that stuff since I was in my early twenties when I started kind of getting my finances together. So I have given it a good amount of thought um, over time. And so why would I do this? I I would do this because from a, you know, from a finances standpoint, once you put money in a 529 account, it is for education. And so if you need it for something else, you will have to pay a penalty for that. However, if you put money towards your retirement, you can take and you then end up having enough to support your child. You can use your retirement investments to pay for your kids' school without incurring a penalty. So you can go one way, but not the other. So again, it's the same message of putting your life vest on, but also from a financial standpoint, it might also make sense in your scenario. Now, of course, if you can do both, absolutely do both. You know, I plan to, by God's grace, be able to afford my retirement and put money in a 529, um, you know, towards my kids' um, education. Um, so yeah, hopefully that example kind of helps, gives you a bit of freedom, lets you know those examples show the options that could be available. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're feeling like you're behind on saving for retirement and you and your spouse are at an age where one or both of you can make what we call catch-up contributions. And so in the U.S., you can, you know, if you're age 50 or older, you can make additional contributions of up to 7500 to your four hundred one k per tax year to boost your nest egg to boost your retirement, it allows you to catch up because it, it it because that the system understands you're getting closer to retirement and you may not have had a chance to put as much earlier in your earlier years for different reasons. So you can boost your retirement by going over the maximum um, by putting this um, additional contributions. The other thing that's an option if you feel like you might be behind on retirement is to consider delaying retirement a bit. And that's maybe working for a year or two more um, or whatever whatever that means for you. And by working a year or two more, it means that not only are you saving for retirement, you're also not taking money out. So it's almost like double savings for you each year you work is double savings for you. And, and hopefully at that stage, you'll be, you're working by choice. You don't have to do a stressful job if that's what you need to do um, just to give yourself more time to, to, um, um, to rely on your retirement savings. The other um, option there is starting a side hustle. So if you feel like you're behind on your retirement investments, now may be a time to start a side hustle with a specific goal of increasing the amount you're able to put away each month. So let's say you want to put away an additional $5,000 towards your retirement each year. And maybe that's a goal to set in 2023. I'm going to make an additional $5,000 so I I I can boost my nest egg. That's it. And that helps you by running this calculation today. That helps you know exactly what you need to do. So you don't do too much, but you also don't do too little. And either extending retirement or you know, making more money and putting it away. Both of those things that you can do together or you can do one or the other and can help you accomplish the same goal. Now, there are other people listening who are like me and we want to retire early or we want the option to retire early, whether or not we take it. I mean, there's something so powerful about your life not being driven by the need to work and pay bills. Like, can't imagine what that feels like but I in the in the next few years I hope to be able to tell you what it feels like like I'm not working towards a goal of oh I don't want to work because I think just the person that I'm built to be I will always do some kind of work but to be able to do that 100% from a place of choice like I choose to be here I I think the, the energy I would even bring to the workplace would be different like I would be just happy to be here and contribute and all of those things not that i don't bring those today but i don't know it's just a different flex it's just a different level of freedom that i can't wait to understand or what it what it feels like and i've talked to two people on the podcast that have have attained that and and it is a wonderful place to be but anyway i digress so what happens if you plan to retire early or have the option of retiring early how should you account that into into your you know investment checking or your retirement um, savings plan? Well, the short answer is that you need to invest beyond your retirement account because you can only access retirement accounts or those tax um, you know those accounts with tax benefits or your pension once you hit a certain age. So let's say the age in your country is sixty five. But you want to retire at 55, well, between the age of 55 and 65, you need other income, other sources of income, other sources of your investments that can pay for your, you know, living expenses um, before you can then tap into your pension funds or your retirement funds. And I think that this one deserves a, a separate episode um, because like I said, I personally would like the option of being, you know, being work optional, Um, And I'm still tweaking my plan as I go and I'm learning as I go. But yes, I think I I talked to um, two people, two episodes on the podcast and I'll maybe talk, I'll mention those two episodes in the show notes. So you can also listen to those people that were able to attain, um, you know, early retirement. Um, So I talked about a couple of different calculations you can do to see, you know, whether you're on track, how much you need for retirement and all of that. And I will include a link to two or three calculations in the show notes, but I will also include screenshots in my stories on Friday this week. So be on the lookout for that. And I recommend just playing with a couple of them and revisiting your calculations. You know, once a year, you don't have to do it all the time. Once a year, just check in how am I doing? You know, if things have changed, that makes you want to change your numbers, change, update your numbers. So again, once a year is more than enough to you know to, to just recheck the numbers. Um, And I will, you know, you can check, see if you're on track, you can tweak things, life changes, things come in, go out. So again, it's not a, oh my God, you need to do this every week. No, once a year should suffice. So now I'll wrap up this episode uh, by saying that the easiest way to be on track for retirement is to start early. And for anyone listening that's in your 20s, please, 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 I say this, Ten times, I would say this a thousand times. Even if it's only fifty dollars a month, please start. Um, and then, as you get raises, bump it up. You know, if it's one percent, two percent, bump it up. You will not feel the difference, right? So it's better for you to do it now, so that down the line you like you have you you can do less work down the line. Um, The other thing is if you are on a tight income, because I get it, especially for those with kids, you know, single parents or even, you know, dual income households, but on a moderate income, um, you know, consider doing a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA because that keeps more cash in your pocket now which is probably the time that you need it versus um, a Roth option at this point. So that's an option you can look into, like, again, not financial advice, but just sharing options for educational, informational and entertainment purposes only. Um, And then, you know, it is possible. I want to say that it is possible to start investing for retirement at age 40 and still retire a millionaire. It is absolutely possible. So one ask, run your numbers this month. If you've never run your numbers before, this month of April, my one ask as reward for these episodes I sit down and record for you is that you should run your numbers and, and see how things are looking. So um, happy April. I hope no crazy April Fool's jokes were played on you. There were a couple that I fell for online, but i um, Although, you know, it was, it was, was all good. Um, and, um, happy spring. And I hope that spring continues to actually spring. And I can't wait to hear from you on how you ran your numbers this month. Take care. And I will talk with you next week. Okay. Bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the rich immigrant podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping and you amplify our message to other potential listeners and last but not least please follow us on instagram at the rich immigrant and as we go out into the world i hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home ciao bye odavo. see you next time